Good evening, Prayer Bay. It's day six of our 17-day journey with the Lord. Um, today, I want us to go deeper into a time of worship. And so, um, we're going to pray through the music or the worship song that plays. Amen. I just want you to, I mean, not think about anything else but God at the moment. As you move into a time of worship, the Bible says we enter his gate with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I don't want you praying outside the courts of God and screaming and shouting because you don't get his audience. But we are going before you are here and we are going to worship him. Moving in I believe that the Holy Spirit is with us even as you turn on this podcast. I believe that we are two or three that is in his name and he's moving in our midst today. I just want you to speak to him. I just want you to magnify his name and I just want you to tell him how much of a God he is in your life and how much you value who he is in your life. We are bowing before the presence of the I am that I am, the man that created the heavens and the earth, the God that says that the earth is a footstool, the God whose creation is beyond comprehension, the one who left his, 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 his crown and his glory to come down to die for us, people that he could have just wiped out. He decided to come die for our sins that we may receive salvation. For you are the air that we breathe, O oh God. For you are everything that we are. We live and have our being in you, O oh God. We bless you, Jesus. We magnify your name. We exalt you, Jehovah. We are young that I am, the beginning and the end. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rukika, Makarabosi, Andarabababasi, Kelebukura, Jehovah Nisi, the God of God, the King of Kings, we bless your name this evening. All this morning, Lord, we exalt you, we say you are worthy, O God. We are saying that we are nothing without you, O God. We are saying that it's not for your grace, it's not for your mercy, it's not for the second chances that you give out to us, we are nothing, O God. We are so we say you are a way maker, oh God. You make a way to the you make ways in the desert. You make ways in the you did not know that you were so hard, but you made a way of God. You you are making a way of God. Bless 
Perfections, O oh Lord, even in knowing that maybe tomorrow we shall fail you again, we still come with our burdens, with all the times that we have placed in our hearts, things other than you, O oh Lord, O oh God. We have come before you, pleading the blood of Jesus. For us over and over again. Forgive the seasons when we have not 
and we are complained because we do not see what you are doing behind the scenes, oh God. We are working against our lives. We plead the blood of Jesus for your mercy through your spirit, oh God. We do not take for granted your mercy. We do not take for granted your grace, oh God. Let broken marriages be fixed, oh God. 
let's see those hearts are falling as okay? Come to your power in this days, oh God. You did it for the apostles, you did it for the great men of old, Lord. Do it for your people as we have gathered, oh Lord Jesus. Do it for your people, oh God. Do it for your people. Move in our midst, Jesus. Move in our midst, oh God. Six minutes, but I've already gone into fifteen minutes. So I don't know if I should uh, share the devotional, but I'll try and be fast. Today we are looking at um, 
We are looking at the sixth day of Jesus in, in, the, in his last week. So the sixth day, which is um, the Holy Thursday. Amen. So on Holy Thursday, so many things happened to Jesus. I think there were, there were a couple of events that happened, but I wouldn't be reading the scriptures from all of them. I'll just select a few, but I encourage you. The scriptures are doing a lot for so many people, so I encourage you to have time to read. Four things happened on the Holy Thursday, which is the last Thursday of Jesus' life. The first was the preparation for the Passover. Then um, the upper room, you know, where he broke the bread and all. the singing of a hymn. And then Christ preaches his Thursday night Passover sermon. Amen. I would, uh, I want us to read just one. I think the, the upper room, I'll take one of the scriptures. So Luke chapter 22, verse 7 to 30. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just want to read a part where I um I want the devotional is going to come from. Amen. So that's the last supper, Luke seven, twenty-two, sorry, Luke twenty-two, seven to thirty. That I'll read to a certain point. It says Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found the things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. Amen. I'm ending at verse 13. It goes up to uh, verse 20. But I'm just ending at verse 13 for um, our expose. Amen. You'll see here that um, Jesus, when he was ready for the Passover, he just told them, he sent them to a random house and said, go tell them that, you know, um, you want the guest room like, uh, to be prepared for the Passover. The disciples didn't know if he knew the man or not. And they followed, they, they, they listened to what he said and then they went. And when they went, they found it just as Jesus had asked and prepared the place for the Passover. Amen. I was, I was chatting with a friend during the week and she mentioned how these things happened. Like, how like for instance the donkey to jesus just said you know go get a donkey go tell them that the master needs a donkey and the people release it without a word like it doesn't make sense right because it doesn't look like they know jesus and all of that so how did that happen so today's um verse i said was titled Waymaker. Waymaker because you'd realize that um when it was time for the necessary thing to be done, which was the Passover, God made a way. And when it was time for the donkey, God made a way. Jesus didn't have to have a donkey farm so that when it's time for him to ride on one, he can get one. He didn't need to have a home. He kept saying, the son of man has no place to lay his head. 
So he and the disciples were just roaming from one place to the other. But when they needed a big room for the Passover, God made a way. Amen. And and so he didn't spend his life trying to acquire room for that day. He lived, and then when it was needed, it was provided. And that's the concept of God being our waymaker. You know, as human beings, we love a lot to build our lives on security, what we can see and perceive and understand. And so when we can't see it that way, we find it difficult to believe that when we really need it, um, a way will be made or we will get what we want. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. We, Our security is in having the thing in our possession. Then we know that, okay, when something happens, I'm secured. So that idea of trusting fully in God to the point where you, you trust that I can't see it, but when I need it, he will provide. It's a very difficult concept for us to accept as Christian. But when we follow the life of Christ and we see what is evident in his life, we realize that God would always make a way. Jesus didn't have money, but when it was time to pay tax, they went into the sea, caught a fish, opened the mouth, and there was a coin for them to pay tax. And that all points to the way God operates. Um, when you when you make God's business your business, He doesn't exactly lay everything at your feet. But when it's time for it, if if it means He will move heaven and earth for you, He will move it and make a way for you. That is why, in recent times, I have come to love the song so much. This hymn, trust and obey. It says that's the only way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. Trust that he will provide even when you can't see it. And obey him when he gives you the weirdest instructions. Like Jesus asking that blind man, spitting in sand, rubbing it on his eye, and asking him to go wash his his eyes in the river. It was weird, but well, they obeyed. And when they obeyed, it worked. Or when he went to the wedding at Canaan, and he asked them to fill pots with water. There are guests waiting give us wine and you're asking us to fill pots with water even that one he was grumbling before he asked them to do it it was his mother who came to encourage him to do the thing but you just have to obey so they obeyed and when they filled it he didn't even say okay let me come and do abracadabra and then the thing would change to wine he just said fetch some and go and give it to the the the, the chief of party and they had to obey and when they obeyed it turned into wine. And you you could say, okay, maybe because he's the son of God, that's why these things happen. But when you look at Elijah, I think it's Elijah. I always mix up. I don't know which one, but I think it's Elijah who um, went to meet the old woman, um, the woman who was preparing her last food and then she would die. It's one of them, Elijah, Elisha. And um, was was encouraged to prepare the food with the last portion for him. And she did. And then her pot never ran dry. Her fly and oil and whatever never ran dry um, because of that miracle. And so it's not, and the Bible says Elijah was a man of like passions as us. So there's nothing, there's no power given to him that wasn't given to us, especially in this dispensation where the Holy Spirit actually lives within us. We have that power and more. What we are lacking is the kind of raw faith that those men of old had and their passion and dedication to be in the presence of God that we have 
consumed ourselves with so many things um, around us that we can't dedicate time to God as much as they did in their days and we can't purify ourselves enough because the Bible says without holiness you cannot see God and so um, certain principles it's true that there is grace and there is you know, righteousness and all those things but the bridegroom the, 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 the bridegroom must be prepared for the bride's coming okay so I digress but if I move on to the point the point I'm just making is God being a, a way maker is a track record he has that nobody can take away from him what is important is for us to believe in him when we can't see what he is doing. Today, a friend was telling me about how companies in Ghana have started laying off their staff. And he was telling me that four of his friends have lost their jobs. And I was so grieved for his friends because I, I was thinking <laughs> in this day and age that um, even... <laughs> No one knows what's going to happen in the future. You are now losing your job. It the, the situation looks very, very impossible for those people. I don't know how they are going to survive. But when I think about it, and I, I, I measure it up to the scripture for today, it looks very impossible. But God always makes a way. And it's up to us to trust blindly. Trust and obey. Have that faith. The Bible even talks about the fact that it's something that attracts God when He sees your 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 trusts without without borders. You know, I I think you've heard that song before. You have trust without borders, like you don't continue trust in conditions and rules, but you wholly and fully trust God. Now you don't know if you're even gonna have a job by the end of this COVID nineteen. You don't know if you would ever have a child. You don't know. If you'd ever get married, you don't know if you'd ever, you know, there's so many things that you don't know. But you're just trusting in this God that you serve. You can't see it, but you believe that he's working out something. That's one of the most beautiful um, acts of faith that as a Christian you can have. And so since I spend most of the time praying, I won't go any deeper. But I believe that you've got the message. And I believe that you've been blessed by it. I have been blessed by it. And I believe you have too. Um, today's declarations, I would want us to... So I'm going to, as usual, the text will have all the Bible readings. Please, please dedicate time to read because the Word of God is active. It's a double-edged sword. You know what's a double-edged sword? It cuts both sides, pierces through the meanderings. To the, to the ferments of the soul and the body. It's a scripture. <laughs> yeah. And um, it has a power that no someone has. It has a power that no worship can give you. It has its place in your life. And you should allow it to have its place in your life. If you want to believe. David says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. If you want to be bold in God, the word should be in you. You see, when... Um, Satan was tempting Jesus. He was using scriptures to tempt Jesus. And Jesus had to reverse back with scripture. Scripture against scripture. Because he had it in him. Said that he breathed and moved with it. And so he was able to know the thoughts and purposes of God and the intentions of God. 
and will not be lured by the devil to, to misbehave or do anything that goes against the will of God. Amen. Today as well, we have 20 scriptures. It's mostly on um, happiness and victory. Uh, 20 declarations, I'm sorry, not scriptures. 20 declarations. And I am excited to declare them with you. Amen. I hope you're ready. I can feel the presence of God. I don't know if you can. And I want you to tap into this presence and declare faith and pray. Amen. First one says that I know the Lord and the Lord knows me. Because I have found Christ, my life is peaceful and happy. I have no more worries. Amen. I know the Lord and the Lord knows me. Because I have found Christ, my life is peaceful and happy and I have no more worries. Let me let me mention here that um, some of these declarations work for someone who's found Christ, who is born again, who has dedicated his life to God, who has accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and personal Savior. And so if by any chance you do not feel like you are at that point with God, or maybe you feel like you need a rededication of your life. This is a point to stop and pray. There's no formula for it. It's more of you just telling God that you believe in him. You believe that he came to die for your sins. And you believe that he um, He came to save you. And you've accepted him as your Lord and personal savior. Amen. The next declaration is that. Oh, and if you need help with that, you can always text me. Amen. Next declaration is, My lips shall greatly rejoice in the Lord. I will sing praises unto my King, because I have found the Lord. I have need of nothing else. Amen. This is a powerful declaration. You are declaring into the atmosphere that your lips shall greatly rejoice in the Lord, and you will sing His praises. You will not use the same lips to speak speak anything that will work against you the bible says we shall account for every word that we speak it's in the bible like every word every time you've called someone pasir, or a fool every time that you've insulted someone you are going to account for it but you are declaring that my lips shall greatly rejoice and i will sing praises unto my king because i have found the lord i have need of nothing else Next declaration, number three, says, God has done great things for me, and God is doing great things for me. Amen. They're declaring that he's done great things, and he's doing great things. Amen. Next one says, although men take counsel against me and say, God has forsaken him, I know that God has not forsaken me. Jesus has promised that he will not forsake me. Amen. Jesus has promised that he will not forsake me. Next one says that the conclusion of my life is simple. To serve God and to keep his commandments. From today, my life is to serve God and to keep his commandments. Amen. The conclusion of my life is simple, to serve God and to keep his commandment. From today, my life is to serve God and to keep his commandments. And the next one says that peace, peace is mine 
joy is mine. Everlasting happiness is mine. I am surrounded by the excellent beauty of God. Peace is mine. Joy is mine. Everlasting happiness is mine. I am surrounded by the excellent beauty of God. Amen. And as always, you can always pause and pray it. Maybe you are going through really troubling times that you've lost your peace or there's so much um, chaos in your heart. Um, this is the time to declare that peace is mine. Joy is mine. Everlasting happiness is mine. I am surrounded by the excellent beauty of God. The next one says, God has given me riches and wealth. God has given me the power to eat thereof and to take my portion. God has given me the ability to rejoice in my labor and to be happy in my life. Amen. God has given me the ability to rejoice in my labor and to be happy in my life. Amen. Next one says, God has blessed me so much that my soul wants nothing. My soul is filled with God. You know, we are moving into the area where they are talking about a lot of mental illnesses coming and a lot of depression. This is not new to scriptures about the last days. There will be so much sorrow and gnashing of teeth. But we are declaring that God has blessed us so much that our soul will want nothing because our soul is filled with God. David says that my soul rejoices and praise the Lord. We are declaring that our soul is filled with God. Amen. The next one says that I shall die in a good old age and I shall go to my grave in honor. Amen. I shall die in a good old age. You shall not die young. You shall not die before your time, before the destined time of God for you. Amen. It's a powerful declaration. And we shall go to our grave in honor. There are people that have gone to their grave in disgrace. There are people that have lived beautiful lives, but towards the end of their life, it has just been one disgrace after the other. You've seen so many of those things in the news. People like Bill Cosby, uh, Harvey Weinstein. They lived glorious lives, but at the end of it, um, disgrace has you know, taken away that glory that had filled their lives. But we are declaring that we shall go to our grave in honor. Amen. Next one says, I have applied my heart to know wisdom. The end of my life is better than the beginning. I have applied my heart to know wisdom. The end of my life is better than the beginning. Amen. Wisdom shall not be far from your household in Jesus' name. Wisdom shall not be far from you. When people see you, they shall speak of you as a wise person. When you get into a room, your 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 opinions shall matter. Amen. 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 It's a powerful declaration. Me, I've I've seen it evident in my life, and I and I um appreciate it. And so I hope that you can see it in your life too. That when you enter a place, people would appreciate your opinion because they believe that you are wise. Amen. Next one says that better things are in store for me. I have great hopes for the future. Amen. I don't know about your present. I don't know about your past. But I have great hopes for your future. That as you have put your trust in God, 
better things are in store for you. I want you to declare. I don't care what your situation is now. We are declaring in faith that better things are in store because we have great hopes for the future. The 12th declaration is, I shall die, I shall lie down, sorry, I shall lie down and experience the rest of God. Amen. You know what it means to experience the rest of God? You know, when people popularly say that most rich men don't sleep well because um, they are always worried about losing their riches. The Bible says that he gives rest to his beloved. And so this declaration is saying that I shall lie down and experience the rest of God. Not that you are sleeping and this is pulling you here, that is pulling you there. You wake up and you are, your brain is talking to itself and all of that. But we are declaring into our bodies, into our lives, that we shall lie down and experience the rest of God. When I sleep, I have only good and sweet dreams. I do not experience frightening dreams that cause me to panic. Amen. When I sleep, I do not experience frightening dreams that cause me to panic. Amen. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but the spirit of power. Amen. And sometimes some of our dreams are actually not um, from God and they just fill us with, with, with fear and with doom. And, and we end up um, declaring certain things into our life because we think it's a dream. Or when certain things happen, we don't fight it because we actually think it's a dream coming to pass. Meanwhile, it's all the mechanizations of the enemy. But you are declaring that God um, shall give you rest and you shall experience only good and sweet dreams. Amen. The next declaration, number 13, says, I absolutely reject every dream of myself in a coffin. I am not in a coffin. I am alive. I am well and I am blessed. Amen. Some people have these dreams where they see themselves dead or they see a loved one dead. But we are declaring in faith, we are declaring that I absolutely reject every dream of myself in a coffin. I am not in a coffin. I am alive. I am well and I am blessed. Amen. So the next declaration says, although many people are envious of me, I continue to prosper. I succeed in spite of the hatred of my enemies. Amen. Although many people are envious of me, I continue to prosper. I succeed in spite of the hatred of my enemies. Amen. They can hate, they can... Whatever it is that they can do, that's between them and their God. But you, you shall continue to succeed. Whatever it is that they have planned in the office space, whatever they have planned against your marriage, whatever it is, you shall continue to succeed. Amen. The 15 declarations are very simple. One. It says, I will not die suddenly. I will not die suddenly. Amen. I will not die suddenly. I don't even need to explain this one. And it's also a good avenue for you to pause and pray against untimely death. You're praying that I will not die suddenly. Amen. 16 says, The doors that have been shut in my life are beginning to open. Doors of marriage, doors of happiness, doors of peace, and doors of riches. Amen. This is where you insert, you know the doors that have closed for you. 
And so this is where you insert them to declare that the doors that have been shut in your life are beginning to open in the name of Jesus. Amen. Next one says, I will live to a good old age. I see into the future. I see the way forward now. Amen. We shall live to a good old age. We shall see into the future and we see the way forward now. Next one says, I have peace all around me. I am no longer frightened by the giants around me. I am not a grasshopper. Amen. I hope you know that scripture and why it's there. The Bible says that I think it was the Israelites that were sent to spy on the land. And one person came up and said, the land is filled with so much giants. We felt like grasshoppers before their eyes. Imagine children of God feeling like grasshoppers before the eyes of man. Not you. Not you. You are a child of God, born in his image. You have been given authority on earth to bind things on earth and it shall be bound in heaven. Do you know what power that is? That you have the ability to bind things on earth and it shall be bound in heaven. To lose things on earth and it shall be loosed in heaven. Hey, let me not start preaching. <laughs> but you're saying that... Um, I've lost my thoughts. <laughs> but you're saying, I am no longer frightened by the giants around me. I am not a grasshopper. Amen. Declaration 19 says, I see solutions. I see solutions. I see breakthroughs. I see breakthroughs. Begin to declare it until you can actually feel it, even in situations that look impossible. You're saying, I see solutions. I see breakthroughs. I see solutions. I see breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. Amen. And our last declaration for today says, I see happiness. I see joy. I see peace. I see blessings. I see promotion. I see a lifting. I see answers. I see contentment. I see tranquility all around. I am truly in green pastures. I am truly by the still waters. Amen. This is such a beautiful declaration. I see happiness. I see joy. I see peace. I see blessings. I see promotion. I see a lifting. I see answers. I see contentment. I see tranquility all around. I am truly in green pastures. I am truly by the still waters. Amen. Amen. I hope you are seeing these things manifest in your life as you are declaring in faith, as you are praying them into existence, calling them into existence. As a child of God, you are calling them into existence. Amen. In Jesus' name, we have prayed in victory. Amen. It's very important to always end your prayers in Jesus' name. It's like the password. You know, when people go to um, a party where they have bounces, they ask you for a password, a passcode, and when you give it, then you can get in. In Jesus' name is a passcode to heaven. Why? Because our righteousness are filthy rags before God. And so it, God sees us through Jesus. And so our authority and power is through the imputed righteousness of Christ Jesus that we are able to approach the throne room of God. And so when you speak something in Jesus' name, it carries that power that has been given to you in Christ Jesus to enforce on earth and it shall be enforced in heaven. Amen. 
Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, I am so blessed by today's podcast. I think I'll replay it so that I can fully immerse and be blessed as well. Um, and I encourage you to also replay. As when someone was telling me, she had started replaying from Monday because she's so blessed by the podcast. Um, some people have favorites in them, like Unconventional God. Um, I don't know what your favorites are. You should let me know what your favorites are. I know if a few people who shared that with me. Um, yeah, we thank God for the move and what he's doing. And I sincerely hope that um, the way God has been to me, he shall be to so many of you. If he is, you will see life in a very different light because he's a faithful God. He's so loving. <laughs> he's so loving. He protects us like, like eggs in a basket. His eyes are always watching over us. And I hope that you get to the point where you will experience him that way. Whatever it is that stands in your way of experiencing that, I pray that he opens your eyes to it so that you can correct it quickly and you shall be united to him. I pray against the spirit of guilt and doubt that the enemy uses to bind people and prevent them from listening. I command those spirits to let loose of minds that are listening to this podcast today. In Jesus' name, I command them to let loose in the name of Jesus through whatever device this podcast is being played. Your minds are freed from condemnation and voices from the echoes of the of hell that are speaking against your power in Christ Jesus, that are causing you to doubt the power you have in Jesus. I command them to let loose in the name of Jesus. You are set free to experience the love of God. You are not condemned. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he came, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And then the verse 17 says that for God did not come to condemn the world, but that by the coming of Christ, all shall be saved. Amen. He did not come to condemn you. If not, then he might as well have stayed in heaven and chilled. How would he come and suffer? If Because we are all not worthy. We are all full of sin and have been led astray. But because he had faith in the power of the blood to cause us to be saved. And so you do yourself no good. Actually a great disservice if you are still living in guilt and sin and thinking you are not worthy. None of us is better. None of us is more righteous. Even the best of us, our righteousness is as filthy rags in the presence of God. So embrace that power you have in you as a child. The prodigal son, when he left and came back, the father put a ring on his finger and put on new robes for him. And he didn't start calling him a servant. He says, Father, I don't mind you calling me a servant. But he empowered him and put him back in the place of sonship. You are, you, you've been placed back in that authority, that power. Don't play cheap with it and choose to be a servant or choose to, to always listen to the voice of condemnation that makes you feel that you are not enough. Because then you bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit and unto all the efforts that they have made to save you. If someone sees you drowning and then runs to come save you, and then you come out and you still see yourself as a fish, <laughs> I mean, you get the message, right? Amen. Be blessed. Be blessed. Have a lovely weekend. 
um, our last teaching will be into Sunday and then the weeks after we'll just be doing prayer requests I'm not seeing your prayer requests some people are telling me they've been blessed by um, they've been blessed by the declaration so they are not really bothered about prayer requests I'm so excited about that but if you still have prayer requests please send them so that I can consolidate them on time and we can pray in themes so that um, it will be a powerful experience Amen.